I'm not trying to puff him up. I just want you to know that the man that's going to communicate from stage today is not just a friend. He's family to me. Let's stand on your feet and honor this man of God. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. I wish I had something to say about me, but I don't. I really want to be nameless and faceless, for real. But I'm here to talk about a man. His name is Christ Jesus. He's the uncreated God, the Genesis 1 God. While I was here on my face worshiping, I just love this house. You know, you feel so welcome in this house. You know, you feel accepted. You feel received. You feel like this is home. You feel like royalty in this house. And that's who we are. We are royalty because that's what God called us to be. And while I was there on my face this morning just worshiping the Lord, and the Lord began to speak to me concerning you, concerning this place. I don't know What's up with this place? But God loved this place. God loved these people. He loves you, Bridgeway. He desires you. You know, we celebrate birthdays, anniversaries, all of those things that, dates that are important to us, we celebrate. You know, today is Pentecost Sunday. Some of us, for some of us, it seems like it is another day. Another day to celebrate. But you know, you've been asking for a visitation. But God is asking me to ask you this morning. If you ask him, what does he want? He doesn't want a visitation, but he wants habitation. He's looking for a people who who have the heart of David. Who would say, one thing I ask. One thing I seek. That one thing is to dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. God is not, is not a God among the gods. He is the uncreated one. He is the Genesis one God. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to receive glory and honor. You know in Revelation chapter 12 verse 7. It says that war broke in the heaven. There was a war in the heaven. And Michael and his angels, they fought with Satan. And Satan was cast down on the earth. Satan did not prevail. But now, you might want to ask yourself this question. Why was there war in heaven? Well, I'm glad you asked. Revelation 5 tells us a story. And this morning, I'd like for you to, if you have your Bible, I'd like for you to look at Revelation 5 because it's very important that you do so. After reading this passage, I'm praying that God will totally revolutionize your heart concerning this Jesus that you worship. You know, if you don't worship Jesus, if you don't see him for who he is, I tell you one thing, you will not have the full, the full uh, blessing that God wants to, to give us. And so Revelation chapter 5, 
we, we, we uh, saw that, um, but first, before I go to Revelation chapter 5, I want to tell you this morning, last night when I got here, and I told my wife, I said, uh, I told my uh, Elijah and Gabriel, I said, I want you boys to pray for me. I said, I'm coming here to Bridgeway, and I know that Pastor Chad talked to the church, and the church excited, it's Pentecost Sunday, and, and look, there's a lot of people who wants the Holy Spirit to come and all that, so, so I want you to pray for me. Because I really want to hear the heart of the Father. I want to hear what God has to say to Bridgeway. And this morning when I woke up, I was going to the restroom and the Lord spoke to me as I, as I was about to enter the door. And the Lord says to me, there is still an invitation for Bridgeway. There is an invitation for Bridgeway. The Lord says, I want Bridgeway to come up higher. I want Bridgeway to come up higher because I'm going to show you great and mighty things. You know, there is a place in God. There's a place where God wants to take his church. It's, it's, it's an int- intimate place. It is a powerful place. It is the place where we belong. You know, Jesus says, in my father's house, there are many ma- mansions. I go and prepare a place. There is a place in God. And so, uh, you know, the apostle John, while he was in prison in the Isle of Patmos, on the Lord's day, he was in the, on the Lord's day, the Lord visited him. And he heard, he, he, he recognized the voice. He says, this is the voice. This voice, I had heard this voice before. And the, and the Lord says to him, come up higher. Come up higher. This was not just an invitation for John, but it was an invitation for the church. Because the message that, you know, the first three chapters, the first uh, uh, three chapters, it was all about the church. But, but the church, the church needed to, to have John come up higher so... The church can get the revelation. Are you with me this morning? So he says, Revelation chapter 5. You know, I told you Revelation chapter 7, uh, chapter uh, 12 verse 7. It says, war broke in the heaven. And here's why war broke in the heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that we are at war. We are at war. The church is at war. The Apostle Paul says that the, we, we, are, we are in a war. We are fighting against powers, against, against principality. You know, you know why that all those things are happening simultaneously in this country? That families are breaking up. And, and children are going away, and, and, and different things are coming in into our culture, things that we were not used to before. You know why that laws are being passed here in this country, that, we, that it's considered an abomination to God? Do you know why? Because there is a war going on. There is a war going on. Because the devil, he desires one thing. He wants to be worshipped. You see, Pentecost Sunday, it's not, it's not a one-time event. 
Not for us. Not for us. This is an everyday thing for us. Every day we ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Every day. Not just one day, but every day. We are the church. We are His church. And that is the desire of His heart that we are filled with His Spirit. So Revelation chapter 5 John says, then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seal? And no one in heaven and on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. If you catch this picture, God the Father gave the, the command. He told a strong angel. I don't know what's a strong angel. I mean, you know, when one angel could just struck 85,000 people just like that. And we saw that in the Old Testament. A strong angel. This strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy? That was the command. Who is worthy? Who is worthy? Is there anybody worthy in heaven? Are the angels worthy? Are the seraphim worthy? Are the cherubim worthy? Are the 24 elders, are they worthy to open this book and look into it? There was a search in heaven. And so they searched all heaven and there was none worthy. And God said, well, but I don't want to stop here. I want you to go to the earth. I want you to proclaim the same message. Who is worthy? Is there anybody worthy to open the scroll and look into it? And as they look, searching, they search the king, they search the president, the monarch, they search the prophet, the prime ministers. They talk to everybody, but no one is found worthy. The angel went back and, 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 and go back to God and said, God, there is nobody worthy on the earth. And God says, well, I don't want you to stop there. I want you to go under the earth. I want you to go under the earth. I want you to, to talk to every fallen spirit you can find. I want you to, to give them an opportunity to hear this message. Who is worthy? Is there anybody worthy here? Is there anybody worthy to open the scroll? Who is worthy? Who has the fortification? Who has the power? Who has the wisdom? Who has the might? Who is able to open the scroll and read in it? There is no one fine worthy. The apostle John says, he began to weep. There is none found worthy. And suddenly, John said, one of the elders came forward and says, John, do not weep. Do not weep. There is one. There is one who is worthy. He says, there is one who is worthy. The, the wood uh, the, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the wood of David has conquered 
so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And before the throne and, and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb standing as though he had slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirit of God sent into all the earth. And he, was, and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who is seated upon the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp. And a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sing a new song. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seal. For you were slain by your blood. You ransomed your people for God, from, uh, for God for every, from every tribe and language. And people in all nations. And you have made them a kingdom of priests to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. There is one who is fine worthy. That's what Pentecost is all about. There is, that's, what, that's what Pentecost is all about. You know, there is a worship movement in heaven 24-7, night and day. They never stop. They keep singing the only songs in heaven. You are worthy. You are worthy. Because of this prayer and worship movement, a war yeah. broke in the heaven because Satan thought that he was worthy. He thought that he, he was the one who should be worshipped. But God says, no, I have one. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. That would be a good time to shout right now. We have one who is worthy. We have one who is worthy. So the Lord is giving us the church an invitation. He says, come up higher. Why? Because God wants to bring heaven down to earth. And there is no other, no one else who has the, who has, who has the authority other than the church, to bring heaven down here on earth. So the father, you know, Jesus, when he was here on the, on the earth, one of the disciples came to him and says, Lord, teach us to pray. He says, when you pray, not if you pray. He says, when you pray, this is the way you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Beloved, you want to see America change? Let me tell you, you get on your face. The Lord wants to change the spiritual atmosphere, but he's a little iffy about it. If my people, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, God says, he says, then I will hear them from heaven. You know, beloved, I'm telling you this morning, you know, we are crying out for God. We say, God, would you just come? Would you pour out your spirit? But God says, but my spirit is already here. In Acts 1.8, Jesus says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you. 
and you will be my witnesses. But before that, in verse 4, Acts 1, 4, he says, I'm going away and I want you to stay here in Jerusalem. Don't go. I want you to wait until you endure with power from on high. Luke 24, 49 you, uh, I want you to wait here. He says, wait here. Tarry here. Wait here. Wait. Doing what? Just wait, chat. Just, you know, do what we do. After Sunday, you know, on Sunday we come to church. We gather together. We, 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 we do the singing. We, we clap our hands and we go home and we forget about the Lord. No, he says, look, I want you to Wait. Here in the place of prayer. I want you to wait here in the place of prayer until. Beloved, let me tell you, God does absolutely nothing apart from prayer. Prayer is the only way God communicates with man. Prayer. Prayer is essential. It is important. We have got to be a people of prayer. You know, the Father in Isaiah 56, 7, it says that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And the Son came in here on the earth. He echoed the Father in Matthew 21, 13, he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Prayer is not what we do. That what, that's what we must become. We must become prayer. For real. You know what Jesus is doing in heaven right now? He's praying. He lives eternally. To make intercession. He's interceding for us. Interceding for us. He's praying right now at this very hour. The Lord is looking for prayer warriors. There is a new movement right now. A global movement. God is, he has an ad in the front page. He's looking for forerunners. Forerunners. You know, John the Baptist came as a forerunner. He was the one preparing the way of the Lord the first time. But guess what? Jesus is coming again. But this time he's not coming like a baby in a manger. But he's coming as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And... He chose no other one but his bride to prepare the way. You know, I'm looking at a bride with beautiful, beautiful garment, but with combat boots on this morning. A warrior bride. You know, he's calling us this morning to take our place in prayer. You know, God is always looking for people who would pray. In Ezekiel 22, verse 30, he says, I sought a man who would stand in the gap. Who would stand in the gap and pray on behalf of the nations. But I have found none. 
You know, today with all the problems that we face here in America, you wonder, you know, I, I have no doubt that the majority of people here in here are Republicans. You know, and we, we, we probably believe in, please forgive me for saying that, and I'm not trying to stereotype anybody. But, you know, I got the idea that if you are a Christian, you're supposed to be a Republican, something like that. And as if God is a Republican. You know, God doesn't have different strokes for different folks. Are you with me this morning? You see, God is looking for his people. You know, there is no democracy in heaven. God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He called us here on this earth. He says, occupy until I come. And you know, and, but we have, we have got to understand this is, not, this is not a game. This is not a game. Jesus Christ paid a price. He paid the ultimate price. He paid the ultimate sacrifice. But what are you willing to do? I'm so excited about Bridgeway building this building outside, um, you know, to host, to host prayer. But you know what the Lord told me to tell you? He's tired of lip service. He's tired of lip service. Don't think that the building, just because you build a building, you know, that's going to be automatically praying. You have to be committed. You have to be committed. Let me tell you, Jesus is coming. Everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. So it is only in the place of prayer we will find our, our, our confidence to be able to ride what is to come. Right now it looks very nice in here, very, you know, very utopian. You know, I mean, look, look at it. There's peace. We could preach the gospel. We could worship. You know, I mean, nobody's bothering us. But I'm going to tell you what, it's not always going to stay like that. It's not always going to stay like that. So the Lord is calling us to be a people of prayer. He's calling us. I believe for me, Pentecost ought to be every day. Every day, you know, we ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the power of God. The Bible says in Acts 2, you know, when the days of Pentecost came, comes, it says that they were all together in one accord. They were in one place. The disciples, the apostles, they were, not, they were not taking any chances. And we cannot take any chances. We have to be about the Father's business. We have to be intentional in the place of prayer. We have to realize that we have been called to change the spiritual atmosphere. The Lord is calling us. Let us not. Let us not take this for granted. You know, Ezekiah, in 2 Chronicle 29.1, when Ezekiah took office on the very first year of his reign, there Ezekiah um, just cleansed the house. He cleansed everything. You know, his father was a wicked king. The father had shut down the temple, there was no more worship, there was no more prayer, there was nothing going on. 
The very first thing Ezekiah did was opening up the house of the Lord. He began, he, he, he did a spiritual cleaning in the house and he called every, all the leaders on the square in 2 Chronicles 29, 11. He says, my son, do not be negligent. Do not be negligent because the Lord has called us. He has called us to stand before Him, to minister to Him. Would you, I believe that you have been called to stand before the Lord, to minister to the Lord. I know that there's going to be great thing God, that God's going to do, but let me tell you, it's going to start right here. It's going to begin right here. It depends on how you Give yourself to the Lord. That's going to determine what kind of a blessing that God is going to release in, in, in this area. If you give yourself to the Lord wholeheartedly, let me tell you this. You will be happy for it. Jesus is coming, folks. Jesus is coming. We need to get into that mindset, that attitude, that Pentecost. It's not that one-time event, but it is an all-the-time event. Everywhere I go, Jesus says in Luke 4, He says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the good news. You know, a lot of time, we, you know, we, we, we've been anointed. The Lord touched us, and immediately we go out and we make our business card, and then we already call ourselves a prophet. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Because. There's always a because. He anointed me because He wants me to preach the gospel. Because He wants me to set the captives free. Because He wants me to heal the brokenhearted. He wants me to cast out demons. This is why you are anointed. It's, n- it's not about you, but it's about Him. Amen? Amen. It's about Him. Amen. So remember, the Lord requires something from you. He wants something. And what He wants, it's not visitation, but He wants a habitation. But He's calling you higher. Which way will you be willing to go higher with the Lord? Will you be willing to go higher? Meaning, going higher means sacrifice. You're going to have to sacrifice everything. Your time, your career, your job. I mean, everything. You're going to have to be willing to put Jesus first. We have got to put ourselves in a place where the first commitment is restored in the first place. To love God with all our heart. To the point that we forgetting everything else. And set our face before the Lord. So that his kingdom would come. And will, his will would be done. Here on earth as it is in heaven. God bless you.